0: This is the St. Longinus' Baptism Podcast channel. This is going to be Random Thoughts number 16. And in keeping with my policy that I've already stated, for the rants and the random thoughts, I'm going to put the title of those in the show notes. Um... But the general overall topic of this episode is going to be um faith in divine providence is not fatalism. So you have to excuse me. Um my equipment is very primitive, and I'm a practically a boomer. So, I'd already done this episode and because of my own boomerism, I screwed it up and now I have to redo the episode. So, I've got to try to remember as best as I can, but I put it in Mother Mary and Lord Jesus's hands. Um, that they'll help me say what needs to be said. So, Um, A lot of people on right-wing Twitter And when I mean right-wing Twitter You know what I'm talking about Right-wing YouTube for that matter Now These guys If you point out to them that the system has been rigged. It's been rigged from the get-go. That, um, that there's no political solution to this issue outside of reforming ourselves spiritually. You get one or two reactions. They either call it. They either call it fatalism or they call it being black pill. Now, for my more secular listeners out there, I could understand how you would come to that conclusion. Because if you don't have a deep and abiding religious faith and relationship with Lord Jesus Christ and his blessed mother, then you're relying on yourself to make things right. Or as uh, Sargon of uh, of Akkad puts it on YouTube, we're the hero of our own story. So I'm not, trust me, I'm not, you know, I'm not dogging you guys out. I'm not making fun of you. Because I was under that delusion too Except for the fact that I could recognize That the system was corrupt from top to bottom From the get go I mean, you know, January January 6th confirmed it But, you know, but a lot of, a lot of the guys on Twitter and YouTube Were saying,
1: ah, you're black pal You're, you're, you're a fatalist
0: and unfortunately, um, I'm going to add a new term to my verbiage on this podcast. Instead of saying the word said of a contest or true Catholic, I'm also going to be using the term serious Catholic. You know, um, people can get mad all they want to, but... If you're any in any way connected, and I you know I, I don't care if you're SSPX, FSSPX, or any of those splinter groups from the Vatican II sect, if you're any way connected with them, you're not serious about your faith. You're not a serious person, and I'm not going to take you seriously. Now, out of charity. I may say, "Well, you're mistaken, and you may be honestly mistaken, but I'm still not going to take you seriously." You know when you know <laughs> when when you're critical of me or my my uh, theological position, because it, to me, it's it's the people they call themselves Centaurs who, if they're sincere and honest about their faith, are they're the serious Catholics? You know, um, by the way, when I, when I say that Vatican II members, you know, like I said, I don't care if you're F- F- SSPX or FS, PX I don't care if you could see the blasphemies the heresies the uh, sacrileges that occur in that sect on a daily basis and say oh yeah it's it, that's the legitimate catholic church you may honestly be mistaken But I can't take a person who can't face reality seriously. I said in my introduction that a person who is delusional, a person that's delusional will get you killed. And they will if you allow them. Now, I'm not saying like, you know, your average few sitter in the Vatican II sack is, you know, uh gonna pull a gun and and shoot seven contest although at this point I wouldn't be surprised if it actually did happen. Um but that when I say killed yes I mean physically but also spiritually a lot of people don't seem to realize that Spiritual warfare is a real thing and the spi- your spiritual soul is a real thing. So, if you can't recognize a blasphemy or a um, sacrilege that's being committed in, in your face, And not reject it Then Spiritually there's something wrong there And trust me I'm trying to be as charitable as I can There's something wrong there Because Anybody Anybody um, Who is conversant and I'm I'm talking Vatican II here. I'm not even talking uh or serious Catholics. I'm talking even Vatican II should be able to understand that you're not supposed to have you're not they're committing, you know, literal blasphemies, heresies and and sacrileges. How you can recognize that as the church founded by the God you claim to love, there's something wrong there spiritually. And I'm not saying this is a theologian, I'm not saying this is a spiritual guide. I'm the one that needs spiritual guidance, but I'm getting it, you know, in my own way. But You know, I, I can't take that person seriously. A delusional person, just on on the secular level, will get you killed, eventually, if you let them. But it's the same thing spiritual, spiritually, too. And our soul, our soul, we have a physical life, but we also have a spiritual life. And... If you're refusing to recognize a truth that is staring you in the face, you're you're dying spiritually. And by the way, for those of you, wait, why is he
1: saying this?
0: You don't have a right to say this. I'm not saying anything that the spiritual writers haven't said. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I think St. Paul, in, in his, one of his, or possibly more than one of his epistles, talks about, you know, uh, being spiritually dead inside. Okay, so, you know, you can... You know, you can get mad all you want to. I'm I'm not saying anything that hasn't been said before in traditional Catholic spiritual books. But this isn't this episode is not really aimed at Vatican II. This episode well if you're the Neo-traditionalist type Who thinks that Going to war With a Masonic government If you even recognize that it's Masonic Um Is Is taking action And you think that Preparing yourself for your final judgment Is somehow being fatalistic That you know uh, believing in divine providence or God's will is fatalistic because um, you know, it's, it's giving up and curling up in a ball and sucking your thumb and wetting your pants I'm here to tell you you're wrong you're wrong, 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 wrong you're wrong Fatalism is actually tempting God because you're basically telling God, well, I should be preparing for, for my, um, for my final judgment, but I'm just going to live my life as normal and you know, my heart, you know all about me. You're gonna forgive all. That is literally a delusion. Now, maybe some people are, well, I don't think that I won't think that. I never, you know, I don't leave my life that way. Well, first of all, disclaimer, the things I talk about, I've either been guilty of in the past or I'm guilty of presently, but uh, God has given me the grace to recognize what I need to work on and I, um, through Him and His Blessed Mother's grace I hope to get to where they want me to be. But um, secondly, this is not a broad brush. This is a generality. A broad brush says everybody. A generality means some people. Oh, to... Go back a little bit to what I was talking about earlier with the Vatican II sect. It was literally took an act of God. It literally took an act of God to get me out of that sect. The details don't matter, but it literally took an act of God. Because if he had not directly intervened in my life at that time, I would still be a part of that sect and I would be living with the cognitive dissonance now that I was before this act of God took place where there's a liberal Catholic and there's a conservative Catholic and the conservative Catholic is traditional and the liberal Catholic is basically a heretic. Now, how you could be a heretic and a Catholic at the same time, you have to be a Vatican II member to be able to explain it. Me personally, I can't square that particular round hole. But anyway, like I said, this is not to bag on the Vatican II members. Um this is before I get deeper into my point, I want to stress most stridently that I have been accused on on social media of being presumptuous. Okay presumptuous and before I get into that I just remembered what it was I was going to mention earlier fatalism is living your life without recognizing you have to prepare yourself for a judgment that's fatalism faith in divine providence the difference is faith in divine providence, or God's will, whatever you want to call it, is recognizing that yes, the times are grim and they're gonna get worse. Take my word for that. And asking the Lord, okay, Lord, the times are tough, what can I do within within my my station in life? What do you want me to do? What can I do for you? They're not they're not the same. They're not the same at all. They're the opposite. Anyhow, um I've been accused of presumption. And more than likely, I got We're on a mission from God. Sorry, that was my notifications. They've been turned off. Um, try to have patience with a practical boomer here. Anyhow, I've been accused of presumption. And I think the reason why I've been accused of presumption, and in fairness the set of a contest, not all, a lot of people have accused me presumption. And I'm not gonna try to psychoanalyze the people who are saying this. And I'm just gonna be charitable and say that they're mistaken and they're an heir. And I'm not, you know that that's another thing too the millennial, I mean, the last four generations have been inculcated in this garbage, but the millennials and the zoomers have been, you know, any, any time they hear something unpleasant about a person, Oh, you're judging them. How could you judge them? And I keep having to make the disclaimer. Making an observation about a person's words and deeds. And when I say words, that includes text form. And um, making an observation is not judging the state of a guy's soul or his intent. It's merely pointing out either an inconsistency or an error. And my personal, you know, my favorite expression when I was on the twatter was, "I don't judge people's motivations or um, or uh, the state of their soul. I judge their actions and their words." So, you know, I'm not I'm not picking on the millennials or Zoomers because. My generation and the boomers do it too. I'm just saying, I've noticed this particular trait on some boomers and millennials. That they, 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 they tend to get really, really, to use a internet expression, triggered if, if you're even remotely critical of a person. Especially if that person is somebody they hold in high esteem. Which leads me to the second point in this. For the past 70 years, we've all been about personalities and not character. People if they, if they, honest, and this is all on a surface level, if they like a person personally, then they consider any criticism of that person, no matter how valid, no matter how grounded in reality it is, they, they, they just refuse to listen and in the episode that I had to delete, I talked about Bill Clinton in the 90s and how the Masonic press was running around saying, oh, this is he's a down-to-earth, uh, down-to-earth, personable individual, the kind of guy you'd like to drink a beer with, except until... Uh, He decides you're expendable and you end up committing suicide with five gunshots to the back of the skull. Um. But it's all about personalities. It's not about character. And once again this is not a broad brush. this is a general statement of our society and our culture as a whole and what goes along hand in hand with that is most people don't even recognize good character when they see it it's a fact of life they do not recognize good character when they see it so If a person is a hard worker and they're diligent at their job, but they're all about the job and not about standing around chit-chatting about whatever BS is happening out in the world, people tend to get a little frosty at you because, you know, well, why why, why are you busting your butt so hard? you don't have to do all that. Well, if you... If you take your job like your religion and your relationship with God, yes, you do. <laughs> you know, um, I, I don't want to get into that whole aspect. I, I've said what I needed to say about that. Now, for a certain segment said of a contest, and I got to credit One of the podcasters that I admire Who's a set of a contest And he's in my first episode Or mentioned He was the one Along I think it was with Bishop Sanborn Gave a talk about the Freemasons One of the few He hasn't done many Was the one Because I knew I knew the system was corrupt, but I couldn't connect the dots until I understood how Freemasonry operates. And I owe it to them work with working being instrument of God's will that you know they had me look it up well God had me look it up and I was able things made a heck of a lot more sense. Once I understood it. It made a heck of a lot more sense. Um, Just a quick aside. One of the reasons I had to get off Twitter was because I mentioned a fact about how American sedevacantist clergy, that includes the prelates, hardly discuss Freemasonry and the 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 corollary heresy of Americanism and because people emote rather than think they turn this into some sort of criticism against somebody that they liked when it wasn't Because I had also mentioned the fact that I had been reading a lot of pre-Vatican II material, and the heresy of Americanism, and the and and Masonry wasn't really discussed in those issues either. Now, the reason I'm bringing this up is very simple. A lot of set of a contest, not all but a lot they they think they understand the depths of Masonic influence and I don't think that they do. masonry has been visible since the 1700s it goes back even farther than that. By the way, in my last episode, I gave a book that covers this. It's a good jumping-off point, you know. You, if you don't want to listen to me, just get read my show notes and get the book. But I don't think that they understand the depths of the corruption at present era. Because when the Masons were confident enough to become public in the 1700s, they they had toe holes. They hadn't consolidated the power. When exactly they consolidated their power? Well, they are under they are operating under Satan's control. So I couldn't tell you exactly, but what I can tell you is ninety percent of the world is under some sort of masonic influence. And I want to I want to make clear what I'm saying here. I'm not saying that 90% of the world is masonic. No, I'm not. What I'm saying is the stream pullers are masonic. The people that do their bidding are what I call masonic adjacent, meaning they may not be Masons themselves, but they are products of Masonic influence and propaganda. And by the way, uh, I, I would say ninety percent of the world's population, in one form or another, um, is uh, is you know they they, they not, may not be members of the Masons themselves either, but they a lot of how they think. Do and act are Masonically Influenced. There is a difference There was a book I want to say Written in the 1800s Called Liberalism Is a Sin And I read This when I was in Vatican II And of course In Vatican II you're trained To view things through a political Lens not a spiritual one. Politics and spirituality do not mix. They're two separate entities. Politics is basically Masonic. And, you know, the spirituality is in the realm of Christ. And he was saying, uh, liberalism, uh, the title of the book was Liberalism is a Sin. And it wasn't until I read... Monsignor Dylan's book about masonry that i that I understood that for and once again i'm not i don't know the man he's been dead for over a hundred years I don't know him personally but i I don't think he understood when he wrote that book that He was talking about political liberalism, you know, uh, and and if I remember the book correctly, he's talking about how uh, unorthodox belief is liberalism, which it isn't. It's unorthodox, therefore not, it's not Catholic. But I don't want to digress into that. But... It wasn't until I read Monsignor Dylan's book about the Masons that I came to the realization, because he, in that book, is what is known as the final instruction of the Alta Alta Viendi or something like that, which was, you know, basically one Mason, one high-ranking Mason. Writing to another high-ranking mason, outlining their agenda and their goals. And these guys, you know, these guys, I, I was telling a friend earlier that they make the Chinese who think in terms of decades look like Americans when it comes to patience. Because these guys, they succeeded so wildly in, in, in their plans. Because in that letter, he talks about, well, if it takes uh, centuries, we got to be patient. It didn't take them centuries. I mean, uh, I, I don't remember the timeline of the letter. I'm thinking it was the early 1800s. By 1962, I'm sorry, 1960, we had Vatican II. So we're talking about a century and a third. Or no, a century if it was written in the, no, yeah, a century and a third. 130 years. And the reason I'm, I'm making this distinction is because what the deluded Neotrads and the diluted traditional, well, the, the, the deluded Catholics of that time period, they did not recognize that what they were considering was political uh, political liberalism or even Catholic liberalism was actually masonry a lot of Masons were involved in the political movement known as liberalism in the late seven uh, I'm, I'm sorry in the early 1700s They didn't realize it because, like I said, I I I, I don't know them personally, I, so I can't say why they just they didn't recognize it. And it, thank the Lord, and I mean this most sincerely, for Monsignor Dylan's book because it helped me to recognize that. Liberalism is just free mace, free masonic um, goals and political, um, political theory, and. But there, I I suspect that there are some set of contests. They they're aware of you know Freemasonry and but I, I don't think, or I should say I think they're being a little too sanguine into their reach and power. Now, does this mean that um they're going to get everybody? No, of course not. But anybody who's familiar with the World Economic Forum, some documents got leaked in around 2018 where they stated that their end goal was to reduce the human population of the planet by 75 to 90%. I can't remember the exact percentage. Um, I would tell you to Google it, but... (laughs) Google is a sock puppet for the Masons so I don't think you're going to find it. Just like in 2016 you couldn't Google anything negative about Hillary Clinton. You had to go to alternative search engines. Why am I talking about this? What does this have to do with divine providence and fatalism? It's very simple. Once you understand that nothing on this earth happens without God's permission, I've stated this ad nauseum, then you will understand that whatever is going to pass is going to pass. cannot happen according to catholic dogma without god's consent therefore your angle should not be building a bunker stocking rifles and ammunition and and and, and building a fortress your angle should be taking reasonable precautions to protect your friends and family but getting the same friends and family, and yourself, I might add, ready to face judgment should you die. And it doesn't even have to be at the Great Tribulation. You know, um, because we don't know divine providence, it could happen 50 years from now. We don't know. But as I was telling a friend of mine, well, okay, so fine, it happens 50 years from now. What happens if you die in the state that you may be in now where your spiritual state is unacceptable to God and you go before his judgment thinking, and this is why I brought this up earlier, well, God knows me, You know, he knows me, he loves me he he you know he's 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 going to understand that's presumption that is you know the thing that I get accused of that's presumption and in case I didn't mention it earlier i don't presume i'm going to get into heaven i only acknowledge I only acknowledge the grace that God and his blessed mother have given me that should I go before judgment and I'm a giant failure and I do end up in hell, that it's my fault. It's through my own doing. It's through me not, you know, not um, trying to do God's will. But it's not on God. It's on me. But it's presumptuous to, you know, and I talked about this in a previous episode, to lead your daily existence like you did before you became a Catholic. I mean, I don't want to go that far. I I will say with a slight improvement over how you used to be, but under the thinking that, well, um... I know the 1917 Code of Canon Law. I know the Baltimore Catechism. I know the um, the Catechism of the Council of Trent, and I go to Mass as often as I'm able, which should be every time you can get to Mass. No exceptions. But. Doing that and expecting Somehow or another Without trying to further your relationship with God His blessed mother or the heavenly kingdom Or, you know, like I said Just, yeah, without trying to do that And thinking that when you go before For your personal judgment That's, you know, God's going to say Well, well done Uh, faithful servant Um, you know I I gave you the grace to become a serious Catholic and you did the bare minimum good job yeah you can go to heaven I'll, I'll put you in purgatory for a billion years but you'll go to heaven that's the presumption it is not presumptuous of me and that Reminds me of what I said in the one, the episode that got trashed. I do this podcast in reparation for my misanthropy and in my in in my prior life. Um, you know, um. I'm just trying to to warn people of the dangers that they are under and because you we we are all God's creatures you know I'm not going to try to convince you I'm not going to try to um, indulge you I'm just going to put what God puts on my heart And it's up to you and him what happens with that. But anybody who's a regular listener to this podcast knows this isn't about me. You know, I'm doing the best I can with what God has given me with the state of life I'm in right now. And you know if i end up failing i'm under no illusions that um that if i go to hell i'm not saying that i expect to go or that i want to go um but if i do go to hell i'm under no delusions that some it's somebody else's fault <laughs> it's devil made me do it, or this, this, and this. No, it's my own fault. And uh, there may be some people out there saying, Well, isn't that a lack of faith in God's love and confidence and trust and hope? No. It's confidence in His justice. I have confidence in God's faith, hope. I'm sorry. I have faith, hope, and confidence and charity That God and his blessed mother are going to help me along. But I'm also... uh, I'd, I'd like to think that I've been given the grace to recognize... That I'm perfectly capable of reverting back... To what I was... Like that. And... If that is the case... Um... You know, um, I've been given the grace to know that if I go there, it's through my own fault. I can't blame anyone else. And... um, I was going to say something, too. Um, I, I have faith and confidence in God's justice. So... God does not command impossibilities of us. Now, the saints have all written that we are to attempt, not be, attempt to be saints. My own personal theory on sainthoods is that the proportion of saints to the population of the world up until present moment is a very tiny it's probably like a percentage point, like 0.5% or not 0.5%, 0.5 of the entire world's population from beginning to end. But God does not com- uh, command impossibilities. If he has, oh, that's, that's the point I was going to get to. My personal theory is I think he predestines who he wants to be saints. And once again, I'm stressing, this is my theory. I'm not stating it as a 100% infallible fact. It is my theory. So, don't come back on me later saying, I made clear, This is my theory I'm not claiming it as infallible fact That I believe that the saints Are predestined to be saints But once again God would not have his saints And his doctors And his fathers at the church And even I believe it's mentioned a couple times In the New Testament That we are to strive for sainthood Doesn't mean we're going to get it but we're to try. So um take it for what it's worth. Okay? You know, take it for what it's worth. Um you know, you 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 could build your compound, your David Koresh compound. And for my uh, non-American non listeners David Koresh was the guy who got invaded By the FBI and the CIA back in the 90s Whose compound mysteriously exploded And for the first two or three days They didn't comment on it And then later a report came out that Oh, well he had explosives in his compound By the way there were a lot of women and children in that compound who died in the resulting fire. You can build your compound. you 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 and your you know your your hardcore buddies, you know, can have your little community. That's wonderful. You do you. I'm just trying to warn you. Is trying to warn you. If your spiritual state is not what it should be, then it's going to take an act of God to get you into heaven. And, you know, I could talk for hours about the presumption of said, said of a contest who take, who take the lifeboat that God has given them, especially the ones whose parents or grandparents were, were one of the first set of the And they take that religion for granted. And they just treat it not as a grace of God or a blessing, but, oh yeah, this was always meant to happen, you know. This is... To me, that's the ultimate lack of gratitude. If you don't even recognize and bless and exalt Jesus Christ and his Blessed Mother for the gift of sedivitantism. And I'm going to close with this. When I was talking to my friend, he, I guess in before he knew me, he was talking to some Vatican II They call themselves rad trads. I just call them neo trads. There's nothing traditional about them except they like the smells and the bells. They basically like the Latin mass and, 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 you know, want to have the security blanket of, um, recognizing a heretical, um, blasphemous and, uh, sacrilegious church. They want to have their Pope in Edom too, as a famous set of contests Bishop once said. Uh, you know, he was saying that, you know, that person, I I forget the context of what we're talking about, but basically, if you are a Vatican II type, if you are a LARPing traditionalist, and you don't recognize God's divine providence in letting Vatican II happen, and at the same time, not only letting that happen, but giving you the lifeboat of set of a and if you're a set of a and you're taking it for granted, or if you're a Vatican II larp'er and you're just like, yeah, whatever, brah, whatever. Um, the only thing, the only conclusion I can draw is that um, your spiritual state is not right, and you're basically um, being ungrateful. And I've already admitted it took an act of God to get me out of that sect. And it did. And by the way, um, I've stated in previous episodes that God deals with us as individuals. And He does. Um, he has a set of principles that he rules the world with, but that does not mean that these principles in any way, shape, or form curtail his will. If it's, let me put you this way, for those of you who are set of a if it were Jesus Christ's will, that the angel Gabriel go into the uh, Vatican and touch Mr. Bergoglio and then all of a sudden Mr. Bergoglio is the most uh, traditional Pope since uh, Pius the Tenth. It's God's will. He can do that. If he can make a nonverbal animal speak to a pagan priest he could turn hose uh I'm sorry Mr. Bergoglio into the most uh the most said uh the most serious Catholic of serious Catholics he can do that but I want to stress to you, you need to understand this. He is not bound by what you think, what you expect. Why do you think he dogged out the Pharisees so badly in the New Testament? Now, I don't want to be redundant. A lot of the stuff that I just talked about, I've covered ad nauseum in previous podcasts. If you're new to this show, check it out. And if you happen to be a regular listener, I ask for your patience. I can't make the assumption that I have a lot of regular listeners. I have to treat every podcast as if I'm speaking to a new group of people. So sometimes there's going to be redundancies. It's just the nature of the beast. So anyway, you take this for what it's worth. I am praying for everyone, and I definitely would love to see as many people get to heaven as possible, which reminds me one last thing. For you set of a contest who are basically um, complacent? There have been several books written prior to Vatican II that talk about the number of, I should say, the fewness of the amount that are actually saved. I would invite you to peruse those books. And maybe, hopefully, Lord willing, it will shock you out of your complacency maybe it will help you to take this a little more seriously because this is literally the life or death of your soul. And once you die, your soul's fixed. You're either going to heaven or you're going to hell. Now, when I say going to heaven, I'm including purgatory because basically purgatory was God's gift to us that because he cannot have the stain of sin in front of him, that we, you know... And by the way, purgatory is not, I repeat, is not for mortal sins. It's for venial sins. Anyhow, um, I am... I would like to see as many people get to heaven as possible. But we need to take this as a matter... It's literally... Forget your forget your earthly life insofar as living or dying matters. The dying part only matters if you're in a state of mortal sin. And do not do not commit a perfect act of contrition at that point. Then, yeah, then dying matters a great deal. Because once you're dead. You're fixed. Your goose is cooked, as we say here in America. Um, For those of you who have listened for over 50 minutes, um, even if you think I'm a ranting, raving, unbalanced individual, if you've given me 50 minutes of your time, I'm going to thank you. Even, even if you drew, you know, even, even if you think that I make Hitler look sane, if you gave me 55 minutes of your time, thank you. And I mean that sincerely. You know, I, I don't expect everyone to, to, to agree with me. At this point, I'm happy if people will even listen at all. The agreeing with me part well it's not with me it's with the message that I feel God wants me to give but if you gave me if you gave me your time I appreciate it so in closing thank you for listening God bless you have a good day bye-bye